Blog Talk Radio. RF Sports Radio, Real Fan Sports Radio. I'm your host, Rodney Fisher, and I'll be joined by my co-host, Royce Fisher, here in just a second. It is Wednesday, January the 9th, the ninth day of the brand new year, and Jerry Jones finally has some shake-up over at Valley Ranch. We'll talk about that in the five and the Rob Ryan. Also get into the Dallas Mavericks, who take on the Los Angeles Clippers tonight. More about RG3 and also the Baseball Hall of Fame vote, which will come down at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, and why no one may make it to the Hall of Fame, which seems ridiculous to me. Without further ado, with so much to talk about here in Dallas sports, we bring on my co-host, the star of our show, Mr. Roy Fisher. How are you, sir? Good morning, Rodney. Good morning. I want to first of all apologize to everyone out there. You guys have been following us. All week long, we've been doing our show about 9 a.m. It's currently 10 a.m. Central Time. And I want to apologize because this was a really, really hard morning for me to get started. Number one is rain. It's, been, it's the second day of rain here it's in hard Dallas. To get up in course, the rain. It's pretty cold. It's hard to get up. The other thing is, too, I was still kind of perplexed with our first topic, and that's what we're going to talk about first. Remember, you can always follow us online at rfsportsradio.com. Sports Talk from a Fan's Perspective, and also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Radio. You can always go back and download our show if you don't listen to it live by going to iTunes and doing a search for RF Sports Radio or go to our website where you can download uh, the podcast every day there as well, too. I want to thank over 400 people who downloaded yesterday's show already. It's pretty nice. That's, that's, that's really great. Yeah, pretty nice. So I want to thank you guys and hope you guys stay with us for the rest of the week. And the first topic is what really had me bummed, not just after I heard about it yesterday, but also this morning too, and that's with the Dallas Cowboys. As as many people that follow the Cowboys know I, or follow the show know, I'm a huge Cowboy fan. Um, I'm unapologetic about my love for the Cowboys, even though it gets me into a lot of trouble, not just with my family, <laughs> but also with <laughs> the fans as well, too. But Jerry made a promise at the end of the season that it's going to be a big shakeup at Valley Ranch. He said no one, and people are going to feel uncomfortable. No one's really safe. I'm going to have some big changes. And yet we see the first real big change come down uh, from Jerry, and that's the firing of defensive coordinator Rob Ryan in his second year of a three-year deal. Um, and before I get into my comments, let me just defer to you, Royce. You know, you could say I told you so. You could say whatever you want to say at this point, but your initial reaction to hearing about the firing of uh, Rob Ryan. Listen, uh, when I heard about 
finding Rob Ryan, I, I was kind of shocked. I knew Jerry had stated all along that he was going to shake up. But I personally think he fired the wrong coach. <laughs> I, I think Garrett should have been the one fired. Uh, mm. Because if, if you think about it, you know, the defense finished 19 overall, 17 against the run, 21st against the pass. But you have to remember, this, this he inherited this team that was last in defense yeah. and made right. them better. Right. And I, I, I thought he was, uh, you know, you can't blame him for the injuries. They had injuries. They were injury-plagued all year long on defense. You had uh, your best pass rusher, DeMarcus Ware. He was out. Jared Sensabaugh played with a bad hip. Uh, Sean Lee was out. Jay Ratcliffe had a hernia. And they even brought guys, four new guys off the street to come play. I mean, they came in, and two days later they were playing. In the last two months of this season, they signed eight defensive players to the roster. I mean, that's a big change. That, that, that yeah. That's huge. So you really can't blame Rob Bryan for that. At, at, at times, the defense played great. At times, they played bad. Uh, you, you could blame the defensive back. Carp had some good games. Some games, he was terrible. You had a rookie cornerback in Claiborne. He, you know, he he's a rookie. Uh, he's in the learning process. But, I, you know, I, I think he was just a scapegoat for Jerry just to satisfy the fans, and I think that's why he did it. You know, I agree with you to a definite degree. When I heard about it, you know, immediately I thought, you know what, th- this is just a nothing but a big smokescreen, scapegoat kind of move. I mean, you you let go Absolutely. of Rob Ryan. And, and, and we all know Rob Ryan's style doesn't fit the Cowboys' mode. Him and Jason Garrett on two polar opposites of each other. Jason Garrett is a soft-spoken, very stoic, you know, just about, about the process. We do this. We do that. We stick to our technique. We play within ourselves. We get better. Rob Bryan is a very, uh, you know, boisterous, you know, very braggadocious kind of guy. Using a lot Animated. of bombs and cuss words, and he's got this uh, whole bravado that that doesn't even match with who Jason Garrett is. And so I knew they had clashing there, and yet he does take a defense and, and improves the defense. And you know, the fire guy, based on the fact that he didn't have a full healthy defense. Throughout, the, throughout this last year. And really, if you look at the last six games, you know, there's no reason to fire the guy. Based on the players that no, no. like you mentioned that he had brought in, you know, four players off the street, DeMarcus Ware playing with one arm, the injuries, you know, everything else. You know, based on the six weeks of performance, there's really no reason to fire that guy. And to me, this is a big smoke screen by the Cowboys because, you know what, when are they going to hold some players accountable for going 8-8? Eight and eight? For a second straight absolutely. year, really. That's, that's what I want to know. When is when are you going to hold the players accountable? Because if you think about it, the only constant between the last 16 years of no playoff wins, the last uh, six years of not getting any playoff wins, the only constant really in this whole factor is some key players and some key positions on the Cowboys, mainly a quarterback. When is that change going to happen? If you want to really yeah. shake some things up, hold some players accountable for their performance for our 8-8 season. And, and, and absolutely. And what kind of message does that send to the players? You know, they all think they're safe. You know, if you, yeah. if you come in and say you're going to clean out, say you're going to make a change, and the first thing you fire is the coach, 
and and you have to be right, not hold the players responsible. All these guys think they're safe, and it really it was their performance that was so poor this year that made the Cowboys what they are today. I mean, it, 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 coaches don't play the players play. Coaches coach, and if you don't do the scheme, a defensive scheme that Ryan put in, uh, then that, then that's on the players. But you're absolutely right. I, I, I thought he came in. I thought it was a statement. And you know what's so ironic was the statement he made afterwards. You know, like I said, I had a, a immense amount of respect for Rob as a person and a football coach. Uh, wish him and his family the very best. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I, and, and for him to say that, I thought it was ironic. But Rob, you know, he will land back, and Ryan will land back on his feet. Trust and me, only, he, he, he and let's, let's not make any mistake about it, though. I mean, Rob Bryan is not uh, hes not his brother, number one, but he's not some great defensive coordinator. He's not a Chuck Pagano. He's not, you know, uh, uh, any of these other defensive minds out. He's not a Wade Phillips, for that matter. His track now, record is well, not well, that well, his track record is not that good as a defensive coordinator. Well, well, so listen, it's not that I had, don't agree. It's not that I don't agree with the move, but I want to see some players held accountable. I want to see some roster movement on this team. And, and you know what, though? There are some better options out there, so I'm not really upset about the firing because you got guys like Lovey Smith. You got other guys. You got a lot of coaches, seven different coaches that got fired in the NFL on, on Black Monday that really have a defensive mindset that could come in here and do a better job of coaching defense. Well, I, I don't think that's the Cowboys' problem. Uh I do blame Jason Garrett because he is the head coach. But I, I think it's the personnel that the Cowboys have. We know they haven't had a great draft in years, and, and that's the problem. Garrett's too involved in the draft process. Like, I can go pick players, which has, he has proven that he can't. And, and, and yet at some point, you have to hold players responsible for this, and not, not so much the coaches because – this team has been together for a while. This is not just thrown together this year to play. They've been together for a while, and they have not got the job done. And like you said, you can go back to the quarterback. Tony Romo has failed this franchise ever since he's been a starter. And when are you going to hold him responsible and the players responsible? DeMarcus Ware had the worst year I've seen him play all year. He's supposed to be this Pro Bowl defensive end, which we didn't see a Pro Bowl performance out of him at all this year. So, you know, at some point these guys are comfortable. You know, they get a new coach. And then what's the excuse next year? You you blame it on the new coach? You know, I just – I think it's more so the players. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm in total agreement with you. I want to see some roster moves made. You want to make big changes at Valley Ranch with this team. You need to make some roster moves. And I think it should start with the quarterback, bringing in a quarterback, Drafting the quarterback at, uh, in the first round so you can have someone come in here and light that fire under Romo or either get Romo out of that position. Because if you, you look at the statistics and the numbers, that's one of your biggest problems on the roster Absolutely. is that quarterback. And I don't want to hear all this stuff locally about you can't change Romo, you can't get rid of Romo, you, Romo's a good quarterback. I don't want to hear it anymore. I, I'm, yeah, I'm really that's... at the point now as a Cowboy fan, the guy can't win. The guy cannot well, win, can't. and this is really a smoke screen to kind of throw the wool over everybody's eyes. Yeah, we're going to fire Rob Ryan. And, and here's the other thing I want to ask you about, Royce, is when this first happened, we all assumed, okay, here's Jerry. Jerry's making good on his promise. He's making some changes out there. 
And then later on in the afternoon, Jason Garrett tries to get between the story and saying, you know what, it was my decision to fire Rob Ryan. I mean, do you believe that? Do you believe that Jason Garrett was the one that went into Jerry's office, said, hey, Jerry, I'm firing Rob Ryan? Or how do you think this thing really went? No, no, that's not how it worked. Because Garrett had said, stated earlier he had given uh, Rob Ryan a, a vote of confidence and thought he did a really good job. And then he turned around and it comes out that, that you had him fired. I, I don't believe that. And, you know, if, if, if Jerry was really serious about what he meant, you know, it came out today that Bill Kyle wants to come back to coaching. And, and if you said about shaking up his organization, getting a whole new perspective of the Cowboys, you would have fired Jason Garrett and went and got Bill Kyle. What a way yeah. to change the chemistry of the team. What a way to bring in a great coach. I know he's been out of football for a while, but the guy is still, you know, he's better than what you have right now. And to me, it, you know, he's not holding the players accountable. I know they, they think they're safe. And, I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of guys that want to play for the Cowboys under Jason Garrett. That's just me personally. But I, I thought Jerry just did that to satisfy the fans. Uh, it's a lot lot wrong with the Cowboys besides the defensive coordinator. But most fans feel like I feel that really the offense has let us down more so than the defense has, especially this past year. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. The words of change going to fall on the offensive side of the ball. Is it going to be Jason Garrett or what's going to happen? Yeah, and then the last two months of the season, you bring guys up off the practice squad because of injuries. You bring guys up off the practice squad. You bring guys off the street that hadn't played football, and two days later they're starting in a position. Come on, man. That's a come on, man moment. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Right. It doesn't make any sense at all to me. I just, I, you know, it's it's a big smoke screen. I'm 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 a huge Cowboy fan, as people know, and even now I can see the see the wool being pulled up my eyes by Jerry and by Jason Garrett because I don't believe one bit that Jason Garrett pulled the trigger on Rob Ryan. If anything, no. I think Jerry probably told Jason, "Look, it's gonna be some changes here." And Jason may say, "You know what? If if I, if I'm on the hot seat, if I know I got to get it done this year." I want my own coaching staff because, as you remember, Jerry's the one that put in Rob Ryan as a defensive coordinator. Maybe, maybe Jason Garrett is really, you know, people are speculating that now Jason Garrett has full control over the personnel decisions, which I don't know why you would give it to Jason Garrett, and maybe he's going to bring in his own coaching staff, including the offensive coordinator and a defense coordinator. And if that's the case, then that's some good guys out there, but. If Bill Cowboy wants to come back and coach, and I'm Jerry, Jason's gone. Absolutely. He's gone. And not only that, you have, you have a long list of candidates that are very well qualified to take over this team and, and make an impact right away. I, 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 I personally think that they have failed in the draft. Uh, they have uh, rewarded these players for one good season with these nice fat contracts. They locked them up early. Uh, you know, in some cases, that's good philosophy, but it has backfired against the Cowboys. And, and I, I think Jerry needs to get out of the process of drafting and being a general manager and go hire somebody to do that that has a better football knowledge because it's starting to show that Jerry doesn't know anything about drafting players or running a team. Well, that's the first shoe to drop. We'll see what happens later on with the Cowboys. Of course, 
Jerry not want to shy away from the headlines. You know, he wants to make it as much as possible. And Jerry, knowing him, he's he's fired coaches during Super Bowl week, so and ain't no telling what Jerry's got up his sleeve. And, 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 and you know, Jerry has always been with these quick fixes that don't work. You know, we can go all the way back to talk about T.O. and Stackman and having these guys, you know, come in. He's always tried to have a quick fix instead of fixing what the, really what the problem was, was hiring a coach that was capable of taking him to the Super Bowl. Look at the long list of coaches that the Cowboys have had in the last 10 years that really aren't qualified to be head coaches anywhere else. You know, we saw Chan Gailey, he got fired. He used to be a Cowboy coach. Barry Swiss is no longer in football, you know, and, and, and Jason Garrett, to me, was not qualified to be a head coach. He'd never coached before. And, you know, it's bad choices. And, and you know, that's all on Jerry. Yeah, it definitely lands at his feet last, of course, as we all know. Now, moving on to another Dallas team, the Dallas Mavericks, a team we follow very, very closely, uh, oh, thanks boy. to the Mavs uh, media department. And, they continue to lose games, Royce. I mean, they, they lost the other night uh, on the road in Utah. They had a six-point lead by five minutes left and allowed Utah to go on a 13-0 run uh, to get the win there. And tonight they play the best team in the NBA, the Los Angeles Clippers, which can now find them with another loss. I mean, what what yeah, needs to happen that, here with this team? I mean, they signed Mike James, and, and how bad does – how bad do you need a point guard when you go out and get a 37-year-old Mike James who's been out of the league, uh, coming from the D-League on a 10-day contract just to kind of give you a quick fix? You know, How bad is a point guard player? How bad is a player anyway to have to bring in a guy like that? Well, number one, this team doesn't have any finishers. There's no Jason Terry. There's no Jason Kidd. There's no even Deshaun Stevenson. Uh, 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 you know, uh, any of these guys that would hit big shots or take the shot at the end of the game to win in regulation. You know, I, I looked up some statistics about these Mavericks. You know, there are only four teams worse than the Mavericks, and that's pretty bad because we used to send this franchise win. Dallas has been ahead at halftime seven out of eight times. They've been behind at the half six out of 13 times. They've, they've never been tied at halftime. But ahead in the third quarter, they've been 12 out of four times. Now, if you think about that, those are the games they should have won. They've been behind in the third quarter one out of 18 times. And they've mm-hmm. never been tied in the third quarter. Now, explain now, how do you lose those games? It, that, that means it comes down to the fourth quarter. If you can't close out a team, being ahead, going into the fourth quarter, that that there's a is a breakdown in this team that 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 has to be done and, and a lot of it has to do with turnovers. Uh, these guys it, they look like they don't know what to do. They don't know who to pass the ball to. That they, they look uh, uh, like like they don't know what's going on out there. Nobody wants to take the shot. Nobody wants to be the big time guy. Nobody's stepping up. And, and and Dirk's back now. That changes the whole chemistry of this team now. You know, and, and, and O.J. Mayo did have that role, and he was doing that. I know guys were double-teaming him, but now he's reluctant to, and, and and jacking up threes. You know, it's always been said in the NBA, you live by the three, you die by the three. Until somebody learns how to penetrate and go to the basket, and, and, and they don't even go to the line in the fourth quarter. They had to be the less 
the, 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 the worst team in the NFL for going to the free throw line. I've seen them in the fourth quarter not even get a foul to even go to the free throw line. You can win the game in the fourth quarter at the free throw line. That means the guys are just standing around waiting to shoot jump shots and are not being aggressive enough to go to the basket. This team right now, Royce, and you bring up some great points, at 13 and 21. I mean, from what we see right now, can they make it to the playoffs? I mean, they're five games out of making it in the eighth place, trying to catch a team like Portland, who could catch fire any time. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and I don't see them making that eighth seed. And it's unfortunate because, uh, I, you know, this this team was thrown together. If you go back and look at it, this is not the team they wanted. These are second and third choices. These are bench players. And you're trying to make them into a team of starters and, and a great team. And, and it just didn't see it happen. I see Carlisle has done everything he can possible. He, he's tried every lineup possible on that bench. And, and, and nothing seems to work because you don't have the personnel to do it. And these guys haven't played together long enough. If you go back and look at the clip, these guys have been together for a while. You go back and look at Miami. These guys going into the third, fourth year are playing together. They may have one or two roster change, but we're talking about eight new guys on, on, on the Dallas Maverick team. Eight. You know, that's a lot to come in and try to get these guys I mean, just... some kind of chemistry. You got guys that just, it just, I, I, you know, when you watch it, you watch it, and you really, like you mentioned, in that fourth quarter, you watching bad basketball. I mean, you watch oh, competitive basketball for three quarters. Then the fourth quarter, for some reason, is bad basketball. It, it, is it, is it the, is it the, you know, the want for the win? Is it the nervousness about, man, we can't drop another game? And, and, and I don't understand what it is because you got Dirk. Dirk is trying everything he can. That Utah game, he tried everything he could to close that game out, but couldn't get any help from anyone. Couldn't get Chris yeah. Cameron to catch a pass. Couldn't get O.J. Mayo to take better shots. Couldn't get Derek Collison to make better decisions with the ball. They even had to put in Roddy Bobois in the last uh, few minutes of the game because Collison didn't know how to take care of the ball to close the absolutely. game out. Absolutely. And, and, and you're absolutely right. He's done everything, and you have to feel sorry for Derek. But – they only been behind in the third quarter one out of 18 times. You know, that, that that's amazing. When I looked at these stats, I, I was just really blown away, you know. And, and this is at, just at the end of the third quarter. They only been behind one game out of 18. And, 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 and look at that record, like you said, 13 and 22. This record should be reversed because, what was the nine overtime games, ten overtime yep. games? Mm-hmm. And if you reverse those, that would make them 23 and uh, 12. You know, it would be just the opposite. But but these guys don't know how to finish a game. And that's something that you can't teach. You have to know you can win, feel like you can win, and go out there and get the job done. And we're just not seeing it with this Dallas Maverick team. So what do you expect tonight in Los Angeles? As we know, last time they went out to the L.A. I expect by the third quarter. It'd be competitive for the first half, maybe, if if if, if the Clippers are, are cruising. But if they're in full uh, mode, then it's going to be a complete blowout. And I look for well, the Mavericks. Well, let's not, not forget anything. what happened last. Last time they went to L.A. and played the Clippers. Let's not forget. I mean, the Clippers put on a uh, Harlem Globetrotter video, an M1 mixtape video. 
dunk it on the Mavericks like they did. And you saw how mad the Mavericks were after the game that they got embarrassed so hard. But I don't see it. I don't see it changing. I think the Clippers on the road. They got the best record in basketball. They may even get um, Grant Hill back tonight to play for the first right. time. And, and, and they're going to be on the motion high. They're going to they're gonna put it on the Mavericks once again. They're going to beat the Mavericks up. And, and, and to, to add to what we've been saying, not only are they turning the ball over in the fourth quarter, but they're not getting any calls. And we saw Mark Cuban come out and uh, speak out against the refs, and he was fined $50,000. But, you know, the, the referees don't even respect him. You know, uh, respect him enough to even give him a call. We saw yeah. Dirk get beat up the other day. I mean, he was fouled. Hey, which way you can file a guy and no calls. That has to be yeah, frustrating. They don't, they, don't even get, they don't even get the calls anymore. They yeah, don't get, they don't get know, the respect of the league. So, they don't get the calls. They don't get right. any of that anymore. So that's pretty bad when you can't get the respect of an official uh, referee at the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a blatant foul that everybody, you know, I can see it. You can see it. Uh, the players see it. And, and, and there's no calls. So there's no respect even among the referees. For this team, and that, that that's pretty bad. You know, Dallas Mavericks always had a winning season, they, 11 years or 50 wins or more, and for them to fall for grace like this, it, it squarely falls on the shoulders of Mark Cuban because you did have a championship team, mm-hmm. one of the greatest t- combination of players I've ever seen put together on the floor with Tyson Chandler, Jason Kidd, Jason Terry. Uh, you had Stevenson, you had great role players. Had Corey Brewer coming off the bench. Yeah, I mean, you had a great group, group of guys. And to break up that entire team was only one guy left, and that's Dirk Nowitzki, left on a championship team, has to fall squarely on the shoulders of the owner. Yeah, and it does. And I think he understands that. I think he's going to, of course, I know they're going to be active come, come the trade deadline, which is coming up pretty, pretty soon. But I don't know who's available. I don't know who's going to yeah, get. Who, I guess yeah, who's out there to that. be traded? Yeah, we have to talk more about that. I've heard rumors about DeMarcus Cousins. I've heard all kinds of stuff being thrown around. But, again, we have to get into more of that as the day comes forward. Before we end off our show tonight, let's touch real quick on the Baseball Hall of Fame. We do talk a lot of baseball during the season. But this is a pretty important day. Uh, the votes will come out at 2 p.m. Eastern time, 1 o'clock here at Central Time in Dallas. And for the first time, the speculation is they will have no one voted in for the Hall of Fame, being the, fact that, being the fact that the eligible players, of course, are, number one, the best player to ever play the game, Barry Bonds. The, the out has a home run record. And arguably the best pitcher to ever play the game as well, too, Roger Clemens being on the ballot as well. Uh, now, there will be some players, some of the older players that will be grandfathered in, of course, their families to get a chance to have in this trauma ceremony. But we're talking right. about living players, first-time ballot guys, and they're, they're speculating that none of these guys may even make it uh, in, into the Hall of Fame this year. And, and I want to get your opinion real quick because we talked about it before on the show, but has your opinion changed at all in the fact that guys like Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens, as far as do they get in uh, to the Hall of Fame? Well, I disagree with the argument. I think these guys – should and will get in. Simply by the fact, you know, uh, they're not the only ones. You know, Juicing has always been in the league as long as I can remember. This is nothing new. We don't know how many guys already in there that did that. But 
neither one of these guys have ever failed the drug test. And yeah, if you go yeah, back and look at the right. records, they have never failed the drug test, even if they did use, and we know they're not the only players used because there, there was a time when everybody in baseball used. Mm-hmm. Bond was only convicted of obstruction of justice. That was it for lying. But he, he, he he's never failed the drug test. And, 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 and you can't take away what these guys did on the field. You have to get it. Clemens won 354 games. You know, all these guys have, have been the best in what they do. And, and and I think it's a travesty if these guys don't get in. Well, you know what? I'll be honest. I'm not a baseball purist. I don't really follow the sport that well. But, but on the outside looking in as a sports fan, my perspective is, if you don't put Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot, the guy that owns the number one record in the, in your sport, the guy is considered to be one of the best players that ever played the sport, maybe the best. If he doesn't right. go into the Hall of Fame, then what are you doing? I mean, what is the Hall of Fame? But what, what's Absolutely. the whole basis of keeping a home run record if you're not going to put the guy that has the most home runs in there? And then my other question is, a lot of stuff that these guys took during that time period was not illegal at the time, at the until time. they found out they Absolutely. were taking it, and, and what it did, then it became illegal. But when they were taking it, when it was all in the locker room, and when the trainers were handing it out, it wasn't an illegal substance. So why penalize Absolutely. the guys now? And I don't agree with this whole first ballot versus making the guy wait. There's no way you should change your vote on a player's performance over their career from year to year because that's not yeah. fair to the player. The player can't change his performance now that he's retired and not playing. So why right. would you change your vote from the first year to the second year? Yeah, you know, and and and, and like I said, not, and none of them were ever test uh, positive at all. And we know there was a, like I said, there was a time in baseball, like you said, but trainers were handing it out, uh, doctors were prescribing it. You know, these guys were taking it. Okay, they came along, they banned the substance. Okay, the guys stopped. You know, and and uh, it, it, it's just uh, it's ridiculous. Because uh, these guys still did what they did on the field. And, and I think it'd be a travesty to see Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens not make it. Uh, I, I would be highly upset. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, we'll see you guys tomorrow. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to Real Fan Sports Radio Live with Rodney and Royce. Make sure you tune in tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. for another episode. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about who made it to the Hall of Fame if no one made it. And who knows what's going to happen at Valley Ranch today as well, too. Thank everyone for listening. Right. See you guys tomorrow. And follow us online at rfsportsradio.com and also on Twitter at rfsportsradio. Royce, you have one more thing to say? No, go ahead. I'm just saying, if Jerry was smart, he'd go out and find a hot beer car. <laughs> that would be the biggest right. news coming out of Valley Ranch for me. Well, if we can only keep our fingers crossed and hope, that's for sure. All right, thank everyone. We'll see you guys tomorrow. And make sure you keep tuning in. Tell someone else about the show. Real Fan Sports Radio, sports talk from a fan's perspective.